Ladies and gentlemen, this is America's Healthcare Advocate Show. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show. Separating facts from fiction. We're going to repeal it and replace it, and and it'll be great health care for much less money. We can have the benefits that were promised to them without any change whatsoever. But if we keep kicking the can down the road, keep digging the hole deeper, burying that deficit more, that's much harder to keep that kind of a commitment. Broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Assistant's calling from Kansas City, Missouri. Marsha from Pittsburgh. My very special guest today, Grace Marie Turner, president of the Galen Institute. Welcome back, Grace Marie. Well, Carrie, it's a pleasure to be with you. And I do have to say, you are the most knowledgeable about health policy, just superlative. And now, ladies and gentlemen, America's healthcare advocate, Carrie Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Here on the HIA Radio Network, my producer in studio today, Mr. Ron Moore. I'm your host, Kerry Hall. Thank you for joining us and making us one of the most listened to talk shows throughout the United States. 150 affiliates strong. We finally broke the 150 mark. So we're at 150 affiliates thanks to our newest uh, affiliates in Tampa Bay, Florida, Bethany, and Cameron, Missouri. So we're very happy about that and want to thank all of them for coming on board and our syndicators, Radio America and the others for all the work that they do for us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do a show that I've been itching to do for a very long time. I purposely did not do this show before the elections because I did not want this to be about politics, and I wanted to take the politics out of this discussion. Well, what I'm talking about is this movement that we're hearing about Medicare for all. You're hearing it from Bernie Sanders. You're hearing it from uh, uh, Kamala Harris. You're hearing it from Cory Booker. You're hearing it from, uh, from a whole host of, of, of people that think that Medicare for all is the way we need to go in this country. In other words, eliminate the private health care system, health insurance system, and move us to a Medicare for all platform. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to explain Medicare as it exists today. Then I'm going to explain what Medicare for all will cost. And then I'm going to explain what Medicare for all will look like in terms of giving you access to health care. So I'm hoping that by doing that, you'll get a clear understanding of what this means and, and, and what the arguments for and against are, uh, because this is, it is a complicated topic, and I'm going to try to get it down to a level so everybody understands it, but I'm going to put facts out there. So this is not opinion. This is facts uh, based on research that I have done, information that I've gathered from many sources uh, and I'm going to use that to frame this discussion about what would Medicare for all look like. So let's start with what is Medicare, because for those of you that are not chronologically challenged like me and Ron, um, <laughs> you, you probably don't have a lot of insight into how Medicare actually works. And let me tell you something. It's not free. So that's the first thing I want to make clear. Medicare is not free. So let's start with how it works. Medicare Part A, you're automatically signed up for. You pay into that every month out of your payroll. That's how it works. Medicare Part B, that covers your excuse me, covers your doctor visits, your labs, your X-rays, your preventive care, all the other things that you may do, outpatient surgeries, etc. You buy that from Medicare. So in my case, that costs around three hundred ninety dollars a month for me, approximately, and about the same for my wife. It's income graded. So it can go anywhere from 160 up to almost $400 plus a month, depending on your income. That's how it works, okay? So you're buying the Part B, 
Now you have what's called the 20% gap, and that's why they're called Medigap policies. There's a 20% portion of your medical costs that is not covered by Medicare. So let me be clear about that. There's a 20% portion not covered by Medicare, and there is no cap on that. So let me illustrate. If you had a surgical procedure done and it was $147,000, when you walk out of the hospital, if you only have Part A and Part B, you owe 20% of that, all right? So figure out what that is, all right? Do the math. What's that, about $30,000 right around there, right? Okay, so that, that if you have just A and just B, that's how it works. You owe 20%. There's no cap on it. So it's for as much uh, medical treatment as you may receive, you're going to pay 20% of that. That's how it works. How do you solve that problem? The way you solve it is through a Medicare supplement called a Medigap, okay, or a Medicare Advantage plan. So those two plans then cover that 20% and offer some other benefits as well. So that's how those work, okay? And it's important to understand that. It's important to understand that this is not free. There's also one more piece to the puzzle here, all right? And that is Part D, prescription drug coverage. You buy that as well. So that plan can cost as little as $25 or $30 a month. Mine costs about $90 a month. I have a really good plan with a very large formulary, formulary being the list of prescription drugs that are covered, um, and mine is through Aetna. I have a Blue Cross and Blue Shield Medicare supplement plan. So I buy the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Med Sup, and I buy an Aetna Part D prescription drug coverage. At the end of the day, uh, by the time I pay for the $390 plus the $210 for the Medicare SUP and another $90, you're looking at about $800 a month. It's not free, all right? Now, um, if you go on to a Medicare Advantage plan, there are many of those plans out there that um, uh, allow, uh, th- that have zero premium or very, very low premium. And there are about 20 million Americans, about 35% of the Medicare-eligible population that are currently on those plans. So about 20 million people are on those Medicare Advantage plans. The attractiveness of the Medicare Advantage plans is zero or very low premium. Maybe the premium's you know, $25 a month, $50 a month, $65 a month. However, those plans have an out-of-pocket. Once again, okay, you know, everything's not covered. So the out-of-pocket max on those plans can range from $2,500 to as much as $6,500. And and those are all pieces of the puzzle. The other thing to understand about the Part D prescription drug coverage, unlike your group health insurance plan that you may have or your ACA plan that you may have, your individual insurance on Obamacare, where there are no limits on the prescription drugs. In other words, you can get as many prescription drugs as you need. You pay the copays, whatever those may be. If they're a fixed dollar amount or a percentage amount, that's what you're responsible for. Part D does not work that way. Part D is a finite amount of money that's allocated every year, and I believe, and I'm doing this from memory, I think it's about $4,700 this year, somewhere around there. Okay, so you get $4,700 to buy your prescription drugs with. Now, the problem with that is if you're type 1 diabetic or somebody that has a very expensive medication, you're going to blow through that $4,700 pretty quickly, and then you're going to be in what's called the donut hole, where there's another $5,000 of cost you get to pick up. So, and then you come out of the donut hole, and the government steps in um, and, and, and picks up 90% of the cost from that point forward. But the whole purpose of going through this drill with you on what Medicare is, is so you understand 
that Medicare as it exists today, all right, is not free, all right? And, and so when we hear Medicare for all, these are all the pieces of the puzzle, the Part A, the Part B that you pay for, the Medicare supplement or the Medicare Advantage plan, which are called Part D, okay, uh, excuse me, called Part C, even I get confused once in a while, called Part C, you, you, you buy all of those. So you may, the, again, the, med, the Medicare SUP can anywhere be from $90 a month to a couple of hundred dollars a month, and then you have to buy your prescription drug coverage, which is a limited amount of coverage. So I, I just want to make it clear to everybody out there that you know, this is not a utopian experience, all right? You have a lot of choices to make here. Am I going to buy a MedSup? Am I going to buy a Medicare Advantage? What kind of a Part D prescription drug program am I going to have? And what do I do if I, if I blow through the $4,700? And let me make clear about that $4,700 allowance. That's not $4,700 of copays. That's $4,700 of the negotiated cost of the medication that the carrier negotiates with CVS or, or whoever that's supplying those particular medications, all right? So th- those are all the pieces of the puzzle um, uh, uh, that come together to, to put in place what we call Medicare today, that, that all of us that are chronologically challenged, um, uh, for the most part, are on. Um, and, and when I come back from the break now, I'm going to start talking about Let's just say, you know, we're going to have Medicare for all. So I'm going to explain what Medicare for all is going to cost. And after I get through what Medicare for all is going to cost, then I'm going to talk about what is that going to do to health care as you know it today. In other words, if you're not on Medicare, what's it going to look like for you when you become a Medicare recipient if we go to Medicare for all? That, that's the purpose of this show today is to educate you so that you understand the basics of this discussion uh, that, that is being propelled by various politicians in Washington, D.C., along with various social activists. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back after the break to talk more about what Medicare for All is going to look like. If you want to send me an email, you have questions, if I can help you with anything, uh, go to the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. You can also go to my Facebook page, Carrie, C-A-R-Y, Hall, H-A-L-L. There's also another Facebook page, which is the America's Healthcare Advocate Facebook page. So either way, you can reach me. If you want to send me an email, feel free to do so. If you want to call, uh, the number is 877-385-2224. I'll be right back after the break with more. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting on the HI Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. If you want to send me an email, the website is americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. You can like me on Facebook, uh, and that would either be America's Healthcare Advocate or Carrie, C-A-R-Y Hall. I actually have two Facebook pages. Don't ask me why. It is what it is. Anyway, you can also call me at 877-385-2224. Operators are standing by. They'll take your call, and I will get back to you after the broadcast. All right, we're talking about Medicare for all, all right, and what a lot of people are calling Bernie Care, because Bernie Sanders is the guy that's been out there front and center talking about why we need to go to Medicare for all. All right, so and, and, and so who, who is behind this and who, who wants to make this happen? 
Well, you've got approximately 16 Democrat senators that want to make this happen. People like uh, Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, Christine Gillibrand, Elizabeth Warren. You've got about another 120 co-sponsors in the House of Representatives. So those are the folks that want to make this happen. And so how does it work? Well, Medicare for all would finance health care through taxes instead of through insurance premiums, deductibles, and or copay. Copay. So basically, <laughs> you know, all care would then be free, uh, kind of in the Venezuelan sense of the word, if you understand what I'm saying. All right. So you're going to pay taxes and the taxes are going to take the place of what you're currently paying for health insurance premiums, your copays and your deductibles. So what's the cost of this thing? What's this going to look like? So it's going to cost about $32.6 trillion. How do we get that number? Where does that come from? Well, the Mercatus Center's Charles Blahouse, a respected researcher and former Social Security and Medicare trustee, so this guy knows what he's talking about, estimate that that's approximately what it's going to cost, right? And that's about 10% of our GDP, all right, gross domestic products. So, so that that's a huge number, right? Let me put it in perspective a little further so you have a clear understanding of this. The national defense budget, which a lot of people decry as being too expensive, some of the very same people that are saying Medicare for all, okay, represents 3% of the GDP. So I'm going to repeat that. This is going to cost approximately 10.7% of the GDP versus the national defense budget, which is 3% of the GDP. So as I said when I started the segment, you're going to eliminate premiums, you're going to eliminate deductibles, you're going to eliminate coinsurance, you're going to pay through this through taxes. So what are those taxes going to look like? Well, here's what OMB says, the Office of Management and Budget, we're going to look at in terms of what would this model entail and what would it cost, All right? Approximately 31% in new payroll taxes. That means 31% more coming out of your check. 72% VAT, VAT tax, or value-added tax would be necessary to continue to fund this thing for the $32.6 trillion it's going to take to pay for this over a 10-year period. And then a 35% income tax increase. So let's go back through all three of those. Number one, 31% more out of your payroll. So you might want to ask yourself, what's 31% of my payroll going to look like tax-wise if I have to pay 31% of that in a new tax? versus what I'm paying for my health insurance premium. That's a very quick and easy way to calculate what you'd be spending if this were put in place. Then there's the value-added tax. How does that work? Well, that's what the Europeans do, okay? So you buy a car, you buy a boat, you buy a television, you buy a blender, you're going to pay a VAT tax, VAT tax, value-added tax. That's how it works in Europe. And we're all going to get a 35% increase in our income tax. That's how you're going to pay for the $32.6 trillion it will take to establish um, Medicare for all. And again, as I said, you know, that's 10.7% of GDP um, as contrasted to the national defense budget, which is approximately uh, 3% of GDP. So you will eliminate employer-sponsored health care. I want to make sure everybody understands this. You're going to eliminate employer-sponsored health care for approximately 150 million people and you would also eliminate all you seasoned citizens out there who are challenged. There are 20 million of you on the Medicare Advantage plans. Those are going to go away. So 35% of the folks that are on Medicare are going to lose their Medicare Advantage plan. That's what this is going to look like. All right. That's where we're going to go with this. And that's what you're going to be paying 
for this, uh, and and that's how it's going to get funded. Now, here's the thing that's kind of interesting. You need to you need to give this some serious thought. Okay, um, th- this has been tried before. Did you know that? Yeah, it was tried in Vermont. Let me tell you how it worked in Vermont. They had 11.5 payroll tax, 9.5 percent income tax, uh, and this was for and that's that's how they were going to pay for it in Bernie's home state. 625,000 people. Okay, in 2016, 80% of the voters rejected this same referendum to set up a single-payer system in, in Colorado. And guess how long the one lasted in Vermont? One year. Okay, one year for 625,000 people. So how are we going to do 365 million people, the population of the United States, okay, with this model, which has been tried and which has failed, all right? The other thing you need to keep in mind, and when I come back from the break— in the next segment, I'm going to talk about what does that look like in terms of healthcare. I'm going to explain what it looks like. But the other thing you need to understand where I think the biggest pushback for this is going to come is from the medical providers. Oh, the insurance companies will raise teetotally hell because they're going to be out of business, okay, unless they're selling Medicare supplement plans or some other type of uh, insurance plan. And there will probably be, as there are in all the countries that have socialized medicine, uh, like Great Britain, like Canada, I shouldn't say all, because in most countries that have socialized medicine, um, Australia, et cetera, <clears throat> there are, while you're paying your additional taxes, payroll tax, the VAT tax, um, and income tax, you, most people that have any kind of income buy a separate private health insurance policy so they can have access to hospitals uh, uh, and have better care than getting in line uh, and having to wait six months to see a doctor or get a surgery or whatever the case may be. If you doubt that, um, another model you might want to take a look at is the VA, right? And you're you're listening to a card-carrying VA member, all right? Uh, you know, I served in Vietnam. I have, I was four years in the military, okay, and I have Veterans Administration benefits. I don't use them because I can afford uh, to buy health insurance in the private marketplace. But if you want to understand what government-run health care looks like, think back to some of the stories you've heard about veterans waiting six months, waiting a year, um, uh, records being falsified, the corruption that's gone on in the government-run system. Um, that, that, that's a microcosm, because that's just for veterans now. That's a microcosm of what this thing is going to look like if we move to Medicare for all. So, Again, to recap this as we go to break so everybody understands, you're going to be looking at a new payroll tax of approximately 31%, a VAT tax of 72%, and income tax of approximately 35%, offset by the fact that you will not pay health insurance premiums anymore. When I come back from the break, I'm going to explain how that health care will be administered and what you'll be able to get for your new Medicare for All Policy. Stay tuned. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HIA Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. If you have questions for me or I can help you with anything, please reach out to the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com, or uh, you can call me at 877-385-2224. I'd be happy to help you. Stay tuned. I'll be right back from the break. We're going to get into the provider piece of this now. How are, how are the hospital systems going to deal with this? And what are you going to get in terms of health care? We'll be back after the break.
Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Here on the HIA Radio Network, you can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. If you want to tell somebody about this show, maybe you've got somebody that wants to know how would this Medicare for All work, we put these up on the website as a podcast. This one's going to be titled Medicare for All. Um, what's it going to look like? So it'll be up on the website uh, when the show is broadcast, and you'll be able to uh, uh, go up there if you want to listen to it again or tell somebody about it. Feel free to do so. Facebook page for me is Carrie Hall, C-A-R-Y Hall, H-A-L-L, or America's Healthcare Advocate. That's also a Facebook page. There are two of them. And uh, you can reach me by phone at 877-385-2224, 877-385-2224. If you have a question or I can help you with something or you have an opinion, uh, feel free to reach out to us. All right. So now we've framed what we, we talked about. What is Medicare? So now you understand that, hopefully. We've talked about how you're going to pay for it. Okay. It's going to cost uh, approximately, as I said, um, uh, $32.6 trillion over 10 years, which represents 10.7% of our GDP. Contrast that with our defense budget, which is 3%. So give you some idea of the scale of what we're talking about here. So so now what happens with the providers? Because that's, that's the big key here, right? What happens with the hospitals, the doctors, the clinics, all the rest of it, all right? Here's what you need to understand. Let me break it down for you. Medicaid, there are three layers of payment in our current healthcare system. Medicaid, which pays slightly below, um, or significantly below, I should say, this comes from the American Hospital Association, what, what hospitals charge, okay, or cost them uh, to provide a service. Then we have Medicare, which reimburses at approximately 87% of cost. That's, that's what the American Hospital Association says. And then we have private health insurance, which reimburses, if you take it across the board average, and it's all over the place, depending on where you are in the country, but at about 144% of Medicare. So it's paying significantly more, obviously, than Medicare pays, right? What happens when we get rid of private health insurance? Well, immediately, uh, uh, hospitals, doctors, clinics, clinicians, labs, all of it take a huge cut, okay, uh, 40% less. How are they going to handle that? Think about that for a minute, okay? Just think about that. We're going to take your hospitals in your town and pay them 40% less. Now, let me tell you something you need to really understand here. If you think you're going to get the same health care you're getting now, okay, once this Medicare for All goes into place and you take 40% of those dollars away from the hospitals, go ask your doctor. Next time you're at your doctor's office, ask them, well, what would it be like if we had Medicare for all, okay? Or you see your nurse practitioner. When 40% less, it, it, that's how this is going to work, all right? That, that's, that's, that, that's how this comes together. So how do you control cost when you're going to reduce this reimbursement to these hospitals by 40%? Because you're going to get rid of the system that is subsidizing all that, which is the employer-sponsored health care and private health insurance, uh, whether it's the ACA plans or, or whether it's uh, uh, employer-sponsored health care, you're going to get rid of that now, um, and we're going to have Medicare for all. So that, that, that extra money, if you will, that is flowing into those providers, it's covering the cost that the, the, the dollars they're losing on the Medicare and Medicaid side goes away. All right. Now, all you have okay, uh, is the government reimbursement program across the board. So what does that mean? 
Well, there's only two things that you can do to control cost. It's very simple, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's called unit cost and utilization. Let me explain what that means. What does it cost to get something done? What's the cost of an appendectomy? What's the cost of an MRI? Um, what's the cost of a Crestor? What's the cost of, uh, of, of a medication? What's the cost? And then utilization. What is utilization? How much of that can you get? All right. So what that means is what kind of medical care can you get? That's utilization. So if we're going to control, because now it's a government program, we're going to control health care costs. This is, the, this is what we hear from Bernie Sanders and, and, and like-minded people, that we're going to save money by controlling health care costs. So the only way you can do that, okay, is through unit cost and utilization. So you, you, you're, you're going to drive down the unit cost by doing what? By controlling utilization, which means what? Back to the VA, okay? You're going to wait in line like they do in Canada, like they do in the UK, like they do in Australia, like they do in all the countries that have this kind of program, okay? The, the government controls it. So if you have to wait six months, okay, to get an MRI, that's what it means, all right? If you have to wait three months, four months, five months, six months to have a surgical procedure once you're diagnosed with cancer, that's what it means. If, if, if you're a stage four cancer patient and you want access to a particular medication or a particular drug trial that, that, it, that is going on that's going to cost $100,000, per treatment, um, you're probably not going to get that, okay? And if you do get it, it'll be a very narrow number of people that get it after, you know, a, after the government rations. That's where the word ration comes from in terms of when we're having this discussion. That's government rationing of health care. They're going to control the unit cost by controlling utilization. That's the only way you can do this. And I would simply say to you, look at any one of these systems that's out there and understand what you're getting. I'm not telling you it's right or wrong. Uh, I'm telling you that's the bargain you're going to make, okay, when you go to this program. You're going to eliminate health insurance premiums, copays, deductibles, all the rest of it. And then you're going to flood this system with a, a whole new process, Medicare for All, and it's going to be up to the providers to make this work. And they're going to be told this is what you're going to get, just like they're told by Medicare, they don't, Medicare doesn't go in and negotiate with providers. Medicare sets a rate. This is what we're going to pay you uh, for an appendectomy. This is what we're going to pay you uh, uh, for an x-ray. This is what we're going to pay you for an MRI. That's it. Hospitals take it or leave it. Um, if you don't want to service folks that have Medicare, if you're a doctor, you don't have to take them. You'll see a number of practices across the country, and that number is growing, that are refusing to take people that have just Medicare Part A and B. You've got to have a Medicare supplement or a Medicare Advantage plan, or, or they're not going to want to see you, all right? Because they don't, they don't turn a profit. And believe me, folks, I don't care if it's a not-for-profit hospital, okay, or it's a for-profit hospital system like HCA or some of the others, they all make money. And look in your town, okay, how many cranes have you seen going up, adding buildings to a hospital uh, in your city? How many hospitals are adding on? How many are offering new services? How many are advertising on the radio? How many are advertising on television? How many billboards have you seen that say emergency room wait 10 minutes, emergency room wait 15 minutes? How, many, how much of that stuff do you – why is that, okay? Because the hospitals know if they get you to come to their hospital and you're, you have private health insurance, they're going to make 
uh, a significantly more uh, amount of money than they're going to make by accepting Medicare patients and most specifically by accepting Medicaid patients. So, so that's the structure of this, all right? The, the private insurance props up the current Medicare and Medicaid system. You will not hear this from people who are proponents of this system, okay? And as I said in the very beginning of this broadcast, I'm going to lay the facts out there. You can like it, not like it, agree, disagree, but everything I'm telling you is factually correct. Um, and I've been doing this for 19 years in terms of, I'm a, you know, I'm a, a consultant, an employee benefits consultant, individual health insurance, Medicare. Uh, my agency has done this for 19 years, and I do know how it works um, and, and what it's going to look like. So this is the deal that you're going to make if you decide, you, you know, the, a, a, as the American public decides, guess what? We need to get rid of health insurance. Your employer-sponsored health care is going to be gone. Uh, here, here's the other thing you need to understand. You're not going to be able to go see any doctor you want to see. More than likely, what will happen, like they do in the U.K., like they do in Canada, like they do in Australia, is you'll be assigned doctors in a specific area, and that's where you'll go. And access to places like MD Anderson and Mayo Clinic, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Uh, my my uh, uh, supposition there would be that it would be extremely limited um, uh, and uh, it's not going to be anything like it is now where you can get a referral uh, to one of those clinics and, and get in and get care for cancer or a specific rare disease or a treatment you need at Mayo, that's going to change. So it will change the entire structure and delivery system of healthcare in this country. That's the bargain that we're making if we go to Medicare for All. All right, when I come back from the break, we'll wrap it up uh, uh, and, and talk a little more about what this is going to look like um, if, if we go to Medicare for All. And I'm going to talk about what are hospital systems doing right now um, when they're told to cut their reimbursement levels because a particular client doesn't want to pay um, what they're getting from uh, the client wants to get out of the uh, commercial health insurance side and go to a, a program called reference-based pricing. I'll explain that when I come back from the break. You'll find this most interesting. Stay tuned. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate broadcasting here on the HIA radio network, coast to coast across the USA. If you want to send me an email, go to the website americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more after the break. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the Fruited Plain here on the HIA Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Send me an email if you've got a question, a comment, your thoughts on this show. Send me an email. Let me know what you think. All right. So we're talking about Medicare for All. I've gone through a whole series here of explaining how it works. We just talked about the reimbursement system to hospitals. What do they get paid? How do they get paid? All right. So there's a program out there now. We've been using it for probably the last six years called reference-based pricing. Let me explain to you what that means. Reference-based pricing is where an employer with a self-funded program steps out of a network like a Blue Cross network, an Aetna network, a Cigna network, and says to a TPA or an administrator, we want you to go to the hospital system and negotiate 
a flat rate or a direct contract for what we're going to pay, all right? And oftentimes, these rates will be Medicare plus 30, Medicare plus 50, Medicare plus 70, uh, you know, something along those lines, as opposed to Medicare plus 220, 213, whatever the case may be. So how does that work? Well, let me read you a little piece out of the Wall Street Journal. You'll find this very interesting. And I happen to know a lot about this particular group and what they're doing because I'm a member of the State Financial Officers Foundation, and the state of North Carolina is also a member of the State Financial Officers Foundation. Uh, And I know the treasurer there who put this plan in place. His name is Dale R. Falwell, and he oversees a plan uh, that that administers health insurance to 727,000 people. Okay, it's this big plan, right? 727,000 people. So they're going to they're going to reference based pricing. They have made a decision to do this, and it is sending shockwaves uh, through the provider community because the concern is, holy cow, if they do this, who's going to follow in their footsteps, right? Not just in North Carolina. I mean, nationally, we've got people talking about this all over the country. So once again, this is called reference based pricing. So here's how this works. All right. Mr. Falwell said the new rates, the average, will average around 177% of Medicare's fees, all right? So they're going to pay Medicare 177% of what Medicare pays, 77% more than what Medicare is currently reimbursing, all right? Now, that's down, get this, that's down from 213%, which is what they're paying to the hospitals now on their health insurance plan using the network system. And I don't know if they're using Blue Cross of North Carolina or Aetna or who they're using, but they're paying currently reimbursing hospitals at 213%, right? That would save the state $300 million and the workers, the employees, $66 million. Remember what I told you, the people that are going to push back the hardest on Medicare for all are the providers. So here is what um, the Hospital Association of North Carolina has to say. Julie Henry, a spokesman for the North Carolina Hospital Association, which represents hospitals, said some believe that proposed rates wouldn't be sustainable for them and financial and the financial impact would be devastating for the 20 hospitals that are operating on negative margins. I rest my case. Okay. What did I tell you in the last segment? Okay. Private insurance reimburses um, at a significantly higher level than what Medicare does. Now, he's not talking about reimbursing at Medicare's level, okay? What North Carolina is doing is saying, look, hospital, we're going to give you 177%, 77% more than Medicare, all right? But they were paying 213%. Now, we're only talking here about, uh, you know, a cut of what, what is it, 30, 40%, 35%, whatever it is, okay? Um, <laughs> and look what's happening. They're screaming like a stuck pig. Okay, because they they you know th- th- this isn't sustainable. We can't do this. Um, you know, ex- you know, this is a state health care budget that is three point three billion dollars, and they're going to pay more. Okay, they're going to pay. They're still they're still going to reimburse the hospitals at seventy seven percent above Medicare. Right. So what do you think is going to happen? Listen to you know what Julie here has to say, Julie Henry. What do you think is going to happen when we bring Bernie Care in? Okay, Medicare for all, and tell the hospitals, hey, too bad. Guess what? You're getting reimbursed at Medicare rates. But, you know, to quote this lady, once again, it will be devastating for hospitals that are operating on negative margins. I don't know how many hospitals in their system are operating on negative margins, but if they're at negative margins now, 
What do you think it's going to look like when we go to Medicare? And I'm going to go back to what I talked about in the last segment, unit cost and utilization. The only way that works, the only way this can work, is when you start restricting access and telling people, well, you know, you need that MRI, you're going to have to wait four months. You need that surgical procedure done, you're going to have to wait six months. Okay? You know, there's a reason, and I can cite thousands of examples, but here are just a couple. You know, there's a ferry system from, from Canada into Detroit that services people on a daily basis coming to uh, the United States simply to get an MRI done and then take it back to the Canadian system and say, here's my diagnosis. I need to get in line for this surgical procedure, hip replacement, knee replacement, whatever the case may be, okay, because they can't get it done, all right? Uh, here's another interesting little tidbit. When, when a significantly premature baby is born with life-threatening issues, issues in Canada, oftentimes that baby, they paid a life like that baby to the United States to go into NICU units here because they don't have those kind of units in Canada that can handle the volume of children they see. So I'm going back to what I just said a minute ago. How do you control cost? You restrict use, okay? So that, that's how it works. All right, utilization, unit cost, utilization. This is not going to be a free lunch, ladies and gentlemen, and that's the part you need to understand. Right, it's going to cost a significant amount of money. It's going to cost $32.6 trillion, which represents 10.7% of GDP. Current defense budget represents 3% of GDP. All I'm trying to do here is, is get you to understand. Ask the tough questions. When somebody gets up in front of you and tells you, we're going to get Medicare for all, it, you know, if you're running around out there and think, okay, well, I'm not going to have health insurance premium. I'm getting a big pay increase. No, you're not. You're going to get hit with a payroll tax. They're going to have to add a VAT tax, and they're going to add higher income taxes to pay for all this. It has to come from somewhere. It's not free. It's not free now for those of us that are on Medicare. I went through what we pay. Okay, So just understand what we're getting into here when we do this. If, if the American public wants to trade our current system, which is by no means perfect, but it's sure as hell better than what this is going to look like if we go to a Medicare for all type of system. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate today, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIA radio network. And now I leave you with this thought from Dr. Martin Luther King. Americans must learn to live together as brothers and sisters, or we will surely perish together as fools. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HIA radio network, coast to coast across the USA. Goodbye, America. Every